Hello everybody and welcome into episode number 204 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading Luke chapter 19 today and our focus is on Jesus declaring himself to be God and what can we learn about the last days from the parable of the talents. I want to welcome new listeners in Aden, Turkey, Parts Unknown, France, Hamilton City, New Zealand, Seoul, South Korea, Punjab, Pakistan, Gujarat, India, Birmingham, Alabama, Los Angeles, California, and Hartford, Connecticut. Thank you all for listening. Our goal, as always, is to encourage you in daily Bible reading, daily Bible obeying. And we do that by reading the Word of God every day and considering what it teaches us. Our website is Bible2021.com. First, two quick glimpses of the character of Jesus. We see Jesus meets Zacchaeus, who is like this hated tax collector. And as soon as Jesus lays eyes on Zacchaeus, he invites himself to Zacchaeus's house to spend time with him. And this is before Zacchaeus makes his declarations about paying back anything that he's stolen from anybody and giving half of his possessions to the poor. It's like Jesus lays eyes on him immediately, supernaturally, knows his name and says, hey, Zacchaeus, I'm going to come spend the night at your house. Now, Notice the response of somebody who has genuinely met Jesus and wants to follow him. Without being asked, Zacchaeus understands the priorities of Jesus somehow, some way. Maybe he's familiar with his teaching otherwise. And Zacchaeus responds with repentance, returning any money that he has taken wrongly, and generosity by giving half his stuff to the poor. The striking thing, though, is... how Jesus like immediately inserts himself into the life of Zacchaeus, seeking deep fellowship with an unpopular and despised tax collector. That tells us a lot about the character of Jesus. And we get a second glance at Jesus's character and his personality in his response to riding up to the city he would be executed in. What would you be thinking about as you were entering into the city that you knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that the officials and authorities of that city would soon execute you unjustly? I think I would be mad, scared, any number of emotions. I would cry, probably. Think about my family. Jesus cried, too. In fact, he wept, but not for the reasons why I or most of us would. We see it in verses 41 through 44. As he approached and saw the city, he wept for it, saying, If you You knew this day what would bring peace, but now it's hidden from your eyes. For the days will come on you when your enemies will build a barricade around you, surround you, and hem you in on every side. They will crush you and your children among you to the ground, and they will not leave one stone on another in your midst, because you did not recognize the time when God visited you. So, marvel at the mercy of the Master." He's not thinking of himself as he rides to his own execution, but the people and the leaders of the city who will execute him. Marvel also at God's justice and the pride that had to be paid for ignoring the visitation of God himself. And finally, note that here is one of the clearest places in scripture where Jesus declares plainly that he is God in the flesh. Well, second topic. The parable of the talents, which is called the parable of the minas in Luke, and the more familiar parable of the talents in Matthew. The majority of the time when we moderns use the word talent, we're referring to a person's natural abilities or aptitudes. So the title or the parable of the talents can be very confusing. In the first century, a talent was not what we think of. It was a measure of weight or a sum of money. In fact, it was a lot of money. Somewhere in the neighborhood of like 57 pounds of silver or 6,000 drachma coins. 
coins. It was only in like in the 1300s to the 1500s or thereabouts when the meaning of the word talent moved beyond weights and measures of wealth and began to take on its modern meaning. That means that when Jesus told the parable of the talents, he was not referring directly to natural talents, but to a unit of money, which is why mina is probably a better and less confusing word to use here for, to, in other words, to help us understand the parable. A, ma- a mina was also a unit of money, less than the talent, but still a lot of money. But the thing about it is, the parable is not about money. So units of money are quite interchangeable. It doesn't really matter what denomination we're talking about in terms of money. So here are a few things we will learn from the parable of the talents or the parable of the minas. First, part of the purpose of the parable was to correct the view that the kingdom of God would fully manifest on earth immediately and Jesus would take over immediately. We see that in the very first line. As they were listening to this, he went on to tell a parable because he was near Jerusalem and they thought the kingdom of God was going to appear right away. This would not be the case. In the parable, the noble goes away just like Jesus would go away at his ascension and there's a time of waiting between when the nobleman goes away and comes back just like we're waiting for the second coming of Jesus. So the second thing we see in this parable is Jesus speaks of a nobleman who travels far from his homeland to a country where he was to receive for himself the authority to become king. Since this parable parable seems to be a description of Jesus coming to earth from heaven, that is a bit of a fascinating statement, that this noble man was receiving the authority to become king. Third, in this parable, the noble man is hated by the subjects of his kingdom, just as Jesus would be hated and crucified by some of the Jews. Verse 14 His subjects hated him and sent a delegation after him saying, we don't want this man to rule over us. Fourth thing, in the parable, the nobleman, who stands for Jesus, tells his servants to engage in business until he comes back. As followers of Jesus, we are to be about his kingdom business until he actually returns. Finally, one servant does nothing with his charge, but He buries the money in the ground, hopeful he won't lose it. Upon his return, the nobleman, now made king, sternly rebukes the servant for doing nothing. Verse 22 and 23 says, He told him, I will condemn you by what you have said, you evil servant. If you knew I was a harsh man, collecting what I didn't deposit and reaping what I didn't sow, why then didn't you put my money in the bank? And when I returned, I would have collected it with interest. Well, in the parallel of this parable in Matthew, that servant is thrown into the outer darkness, cast away from his master, and left with all the enemies of the newly crowned king. And I take from this that Jesus is saying that a person who calls himself a servant of Jesus, but actually does not engage in the mission of Jesus, or the kingdom business of Jesus, is not, in fact, a genuine servant of Jesus at all. That person who is not about the business of the king will be cast away from the king when he returns. Now, let me be clear. We are not saved by obeying the commands of Jesus. We are saved by grace through faith. But all who are genuinely saved will be on the mission of Jesus and bear fruit, thus showing themselves to be his disciples. There's no such thing as a saved Christian who, quote, buries his talents which sort of represents the commands and mission of Jesus, represented by being about the business of the master. So there's no such thing as a saved Christian who buries his talents and does nothing while awaiting the return of Jesus. Well, let's read our passage. Luke chapter 19, verse 1. He entered Jericho and was passing through. There was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but he was not able because of the crowd, 
since he was a short man. So running ahead, he climbed up the sycamore tree to see Jesus, since he was about to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, because today it is necessary for me to stay at your house. So he quickly came down and welcomed him joyfully, but all who saw it began to complain, He's gone to stay with a sinful man. But Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Look, I'll give half of my possessions to the poor Lord, and if I have extorted anything from anyone, I'll pay back four times as much. Today salvation has come to this house, Jesus told him, because he too is the son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save the lost. As they were listening to this, he went on to tell a parable because he was near Jerusalem, and they thought the kingdom of God was going to appear right away. Therefore he said, A nobleman traveled to a far country to receive for himself authority to be king and then to return. He called ten of his servants, gave them ten minas, and told them, Engage in business until I come back. But... His subjects hated him and sent a delegation after him, saying, We don't want this man to rule over us. At his return, having received the authority to be king, he summoned those servants he had given the money to, so that he could find out how much they made in business. The first came forward and said, Master, your mina has earned ten more manas. Well done, good servant, he told him, because you have been faithful in the very small matter, have authority over ten towns. The second came and said, Master, your mina has made five minas. So he said to him, You will be over five towns. And another came and said, Master, here is your mana. I have kept it safe in a cloth because I was afraid of you since you are a harsh man. You collect what you didn't deposit and reap what you didn't sow. And he told him, I will condemn you by what you have said, you evil servant. If you knew I was a harsh man, collecting what I didn't deposit and reaping what I didn't sow, Why then didn't you put my money in the bank? And when I returned, I would have collected it with interest. So he said to those standing there, Take the mina away from him and give it to the one who has ten minas. But they said to him, Master, he has ten minas. I tell you that, to everyone who has, more will be given. And from the one who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. But bring here these enemies of mine who did not want me to rule over them and slaughter them in my presence. When he had said these things, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. As he was approaching Bethphage and Bethany at the place called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of the disciples and said, Go into the village ahead of you. As you enter it, you will find a colt tied there on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Say this, the Lord needs it. So those who were sent left and found it just as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owner said to them, Why are you untying the colt? The Lord needs it, they said. Then they brought it to Jesus, and after throwing their clothes on the colt, they helped Jesus get on it. As he was going along, they were spreading their clothes on the road. Now he came near the path down the Mount of Olives, and the whole crowd of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. Some of the Pharisees from the crowd told him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. And he answered, I tell you, if they keep silent, the stones would cry out. As he approached and saw the city, he wept for it, saying, If you knew this day what would bring peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. For the days will come on you when your enemies will build a barricade around you, surround you, and hem you in on every side. They will crush you and your children among you to the ground, and they will not leave one stone on another in your midst, because you did not recognize the time when God visited you. He went into the temple and began to throw out those who were selling, and he said, It is written, 
My house will be a house of prayer, but you've made it a den of thieves. Every day he was teaching in the temple. The chief priests, the scribes, and the leaders of the people were looking for a way to kill him, but they could not find a way to do it because all the people were captivated by what they heard. Amen. Well, let us close out with our Bible memory verse, also from the book of Luke for the month of July, Luke six forty-seven through 48. Jesus said, I will show you what someone is like who comes to me, hears my words, and acts on them. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. When the flood came, the river crashed against that house and couldn't shake it because it was well built. Amen. Good day, friends, and Godspeed.